0: E-S-N-Y And we are back with a holiday edition of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an elite sports radio production with your hosts, Jeff Campbell and Chip Murphy. Uh, Thrilled to be doing this before the holidays. Chip, how is everything going, man?
1: I'm great, Jeff. Sorry we weren't able to do this any sooner. I wasn't feeling very well uh, as we were just talking about, but uh, I'm happy we're finally on this and getting this done before Christmas, man.
0: Absolutely, dude. The bug, the bug will get everybody, no matter what. Oh, yeah. you know, regardless of the, the weather, will it'll get you somehow, some way. But like you said, I'm I'm pumped to be doing this as well. We're in the heat of uh, the the quarter mark has passed for the NBA season. Um, teams are jockeying for positions. Trades are being talked about. There's a lot of analysis out there. So definitely excited to be doing this um, as well. And one of the biggest topics in the NBA right now has to be Giannis, man. Greek Freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, just torching the NBA. Uh, Last episode, we kind of highlighted Luka Doncic and what he's been doing. Um, Greek Freak has been, you know, paving his own path and now adding a three-point, you know, to his arsenal as well, just making him that much more undefendable. So, uh, you know, I think I want to start with you, Chip, just to, just to see kind of what you're seeing from this guy who's just literally already, you know, one of the faces of the NBA, but just just seems like he's even taking one more big step in that direction. What do you, what do you see from him?
1: Well, yeah, that was the one knock on him uh, after the playoffs last year when the Raptors stopped him by making him shoot was that he struggled from three. And now he's just, like you said, embracing the three-point shot. And in the month of December, he's 45% from beyond the arc. And he's got his uh, three-point number up to 34% on the season. And he was at that number as a rookie, and I think that was a little bit of fool's go because he was only taking one and a half per game. But now he's doing it at a legitimate clip. He's taking five a game. And he just looks really confident. And if you remember the playoffs last year against Toronto, he didn't look confident. He looked bad uh, when he was taking jumpers. And, you know, you watch that Lakers game. That was about as confident as you can watch it. Oh, player. God, yeah. yeah he was, uh, when he was putting on the uh, the crown and saying, this is mine now, that was the most confident player in the NBA right there. But, uh It's fun to watch him and you look at like the stats and it's just so impressive. Like he's averaging 31 points and he's playing 31, uh, 31 minutes. He's scoring a point a minute. Like it's, he's, he's not even in like the top 10 in minutes per game. Uh, There's no one on the the Bucks who's playing 30 minutes a game except him. Yeah. No, he, it's like when Steph Curry and the Warriors were in their prime and Curry would just sit out the entire fourth quarter. The, uh, the Bucs' uh, margin of victory is so much. They're beating the crap out of everybody that Giannis never even has to play in the fourth quarter. And I was looking it up uh, as we were preparing for the show. Uh, Alex Caruso has played more fourth quarter minutes this season than Giannis has. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Like Glenn Robinson III has played more fourth quarter minutes this season than Giannis has. Like, I, it's just it. It's a testament to obviously how great the Bucks are, and they beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. That's been well documented. That uh, I think people are finally giving them respect. That as Maybe even the best team in the NBA. But what's impressive to me is what stood out to me, and I'm not even a big PER guy, but his PER is 34.8 right now. If the season ended today, he'd have the highest single-season PER in NBA history by a mile. No one has ever posted a PER over 31, and Will Chamberlain did it. I think he did it twice, actually. (laughs) But he led the league in PER last year, and he's the fact that he's stuffing the stat sheet and doing it again is crazy. Uh, I know stats are people say stats are out of control because the game's fast, so there's more possessions, blah blah blah, whatever. But he's leading his team in rebounds. He's averaging 13 rebounds. He's 5.5 assists. Uh, He's got so many shooters on his team to pass to, and he. He creates plays for all of them. He's unselfish in the fast break. He's unstoppable. God, he's so impressive, man. And he really is the guy who, when LeBron's done, it it looks like he's just going to be the guy who takes up the mantle from him. When LeBron, you know, LeBron's still LeBron. So until LeBron feels like giving up the mantle, he ain't going to give it up. But when LeBron does feel like giving it up, Giannis is going to be the new face of the NBA.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more, man. Uh, and especially some of those stats that that you're referencing, the, the low amount of fourth quarter minutes, um, really speaks to like the depth that the Bucks have, and obviously the domination that Giannis is putting forth during those first three quarters as well. But uh, I mean, the Bucks are just a really well-oiled mis- machine. I mean, it's been well documented their spacing, Budenholzer's coaching. Um, it seems like every little free agent signing that they have, that is not necessarily a big signing, uh, seems to work out. And you know, obviously they lose a, a big piece in Malcolm Brogdon, but there really hasn't been a drop off. Um, and obviously that's that's due to Giannis's growth and development, uh, as well as just they are very functional and, and smart decision making organization. I was looking at some of the the stat lines from the last. You know, four or five games and chip. Like some of these numbers are just like it's video game stuff, dude. Like I'm looking 34, 11 and 7, 48, 14 and 4, 29, 4 and 4, 37, 11 and 2, 32, 15 and 8. Like you, like you said before, he's he's scoring 31 a game, 12 rebounds a game, 56 percent shooting from the floor, taking five threes a game. I even looked into Synergy. He's in the 95th percentile in catch-and-shoot attempts. Um, With Giannis, the shooting is very interesting to me because if you look at his form, and it's clear that he's worked on it a lot, right? You know, he came into the league as a very young and raw talent. His form still looks stiff, you know, especially when he kind of raises his arms up and and you start to see, like, um, the rhythm coming from his feeder set, but it still looks stiff, but, but he is making them. Um, and it's, and it's been really amazing to see. And everyone's always said that, I mean, if he starts making open threes or if he starts hitting shots consistently, it's over. Um, and it might be, man. I mean, he is, um, you know, in in baseball, they always say five tool talent, you know, he's as close to that as there is in the league, you know, at least a top three, if not, you know, or top five, if not top three, player in the league and, and I agree with you as well when LeBron is ready to give it up, that's the guy and and not just because of his skill set and his production but his fire you know he's a competitor man I and mean, he really goes after teams and defenses and he wants to put Milwaukee on the map. Um, one thing that I was thinking of that I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on is there's always going to be a lot of talk as we get closer to his free agency is is he is he going to stay you know is is milwaukee his home is he going to feel that i have an obligation to this city i want to win a championship here Uh, we know that he's competitive we know that he's not the type of guy that wants to join stars or obviously he would want people to maybe come play with him but does he does he ever get that itch that big market itch that you know it's just human nature you know, if you're a player and you are one of the most popular players in the NBA and you're a stud, why wouldn't you want to play in a big market? Do you think that's something that's going to end end up in his mind as he gets closer to free agency, or do you think he's just, you know, what this is, this is my this is my spot. You know, this is where I want to win. Um, how do you see that playing out?
1: Well, anything can happen. I mean, it's a long time before it's free agency. And right. Things change quickly in the NBA. I mean, we never thought that a guy who was the star of the San Antonio Spurs would force his way out there. Right, and Kawhi Leonard did that, and Kawhi Leonard did that. So anything can happen. And Giannis doesn't seem like the guy who wants to be uh, a movie star like LeBron James or just go to LA or another big market, whatever. To I don't know, be the center of attention, and he, you know, he doesn't work out with other stars in the NBA during the offseason. He's not like a guy who – he's in the same vein of Damian Lillard who it doesn't seem like he's in the vein of guys who thinks that he needs to be part of a dynamic duo or a big three to win a championship. He doesn't want to be that guy. Uh, At the same time, that is how you win a championship in the NBA. So uh, unless he can convince someone to come to Milwaukee with him, Maybe he will start to reconsider that. I don't know. It's going to depend on a lot. Before Anthony Davis signed with Rich Paul, it didn't seem like he was the kind of guy who wanted to get out of New Orleans. Uh, And then he did. Uh, So, look, anything can happen. It's the NBA. And if Giannis signed a big extension to stay in Milwaukee, it wouldn't surprise me if he... Uh, forced his way out and decided he wanted to be a Laker or a Clipper. That also wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it's look, it's very early on in his career. I think he has a lot of big decisions to make. He's going to meet a lot of people. One of them probably be Rich Paul is going to try and sway him to his uh, side. And it's going to be interesting because guys are going to get in his ear during All-Star weekend and be like, look, you'd be great with us and I know Milwaukee's great, but look, you it'd be great if you came to uh, Miami to play with me, or you came to LA to play with me, or Dallas to play with me. Luke will talk to him. Jimmy will talk to him. All those guys will talk to him. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how long he sticks with Milwaukee, because LeBron stuck with Cleveland for a long time, and he says that he wished he had left sooner, right? And KG says the same thing about Minnesota. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I agree with that, too. I think there's like you said, the biggest thing is things in the NBA can change very quickly. Um, if I had to put money on it, I might put you know I might bet that he would stay, but could change very quickly. And and as we've seen with a lot of these decisions, I think the playoffs really are the big indicator of of what yeah. pushes these guys you know towards making a decision one way or the other. Um, but you know I think with with that you know talking about Giannis and and the Bucks, there was another Eastern Conference team that. You know, it's been in the news a little bit lately, uh, not for great reasons, but looking at the Toronto Raptors and some of the injuries that they've sustained. They're currently, you know, fourth in the Eastern Conference. Um, Siakam went down. Gasol, it doesn't look like Siakam's gonna be out too long. Uh, but but uh but Gasol I think was out, you know, they, they determined he'd be out indefinitely. Norman Powell, I think, had sustained an injury as well. The Toronto Raptors were a team, I think, in the beginning of the season that a lot of pundits and analysis were you know, qu- questioning how well they would do without Kawhi, especially maybe having a, a little bit of a championship hangover. But they played really well. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, at least in the early part of the season, was absolutely killing it. Their bench yeah. has been pretty good. OGN and Ubi has has had a nice bounce-back season. Uh, they, You can just tell they're a team that this is such a buzz and cliche word, but they have strong culture. Like they have very, very strong foundational um, core things to their their team and their franchise. And, and Kyle Lowry, you know, is, you know, just very consistent, you know, probably proving to be one of the better leaders, you know, in the NBA. Um, but I was looking at them and, and just kind of their positioning. There's basically just like a game or at least a game and a half that separates them between Uh, you know the second seed and the sixth and there's some separation between Brooklyn and some of the other teams down there but Chip what do you see do you see them being able to kind of hold on or hold down the fort without Siakam and Gasol uh, especially with how well Siakam has played Uh, or do you think there's a chance that they could fall out of the the playoff race or, or just you know maybe a little more significantly down the line how do you how do you see that kind of playing out
1: well, the next 10 games is going to be gut check time. It's going to be extremely telling. First of all, the, the next six are Dallas at home, at Indiana, home and home with the Celtics, and then at home against OKC. Then they got an easy one against Cleveland. Then they're on the road against Miami, on the road against Brooklyn, and back home against Portland. That Their next 10 games are not easy. And like you said, they don't have a – they have a – what, two and a half in between two and uh, the second seed and the sixth seed? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's not an easy schedule. And in there, they got the Pacers, Celtics, Heat, and Nets. And the Nets are going to be chomping at the bit to get a win against them. Oh, yeah. Obviously. So, I mean, they got a tough schedule coming up, obviously. And Pascal Siakam has been huge for them. And Mark DeSole has been huge, as much as he struggled offensively has been huge for them. So to go in there without, to go through this stretch without the two of them is going to be rough. I mean, the uh, their starting lineup with uh, Van Vliet, Powell, Ananobi, Siakam, and Gasol was plus 15.4 points per 100. And then when Lowry came back from injury, they were plus 14.2. I mean, they've been great with... Uh, the two of them on the floor together with Gasol and Siakam. But when the two of them aren't on the floor together, it's a different story. You know, so I'm, I'm a little worried about them missing that many players. But, I'm, uh, you know, when Gasol and, uh, Gasol and Siakam are on the court together, they're in the 96th percentile. Uh, they're plus 13.1, and they're in the 97th percentile of defense. 99 points per 100 possessions allowed. They're an elite defense when those mm-hmm. guys are on the court together. So, the so I'm actually not worried about them defensively because I think they're such a well-coached, well like well-oiled, you mentioned the term well-oiled machine earlier. I think the Raptors are that because they've all bought in so well. What I am concerned about is where's the offense going to come from without Siakam? He was such a dependable uh, guy for them to just, when they need a bucket, just give him the ball and he could go get one. Without him there, they don't have that guy now. And I'm not so... Do they regress to becoming maybe like the Orlando Magic on offense? Just like a, a great defensive team, but struggle to put up 90 points every night? I hope not because they have, they have really, really good shooters. And you mentioned Fred Van Vliet, and that guy's a exceptional player and has taken a really big step forward this year, but I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there. What I do hope is I don't hope that they trade Kyle Lowry. I really hope they don't do that. I know there's been a lot of talk about that. Woj just talked about that. Zach has talked about that. That contract was signed to be traded or whatever. I would understand if they traded Ibaka. He's clearly not the same player he used to be, especially on defense. They have a lot of young players that can take that can fill in there. But Larry, I feel like that would that would mean they were tanking the season. That would mean they were giving up if they traded Kyle Lowry. So I hope they hold on to Lowry and I don't think they should throw in the towel on the season just yet.
0: Yeah, I uh I, I agree with that too. I think the the biggest point is that next that ten game stretch, if they can somehow figure out a way to go five hundred or yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, or get three or four. Um, I think that would be huge. I, I think that, especially with Siakam, I was looking at the other. He's he's in the 95th percentile for usage rate among forwards. So yeah. I mean, we already knew that losing him was going to be big. But to your point, I mean, offensively, they are really going to struggle to figure out how to get a bucket. Um, one of the things I was actually, you know, going through a little bit of Toronto Raptors research, I forget the name of the podcast, but, um, you know, there was there was a writer that had brought up a, a really good point about, you know, something that the Brooklyn Nets had done recently. You know, the Raptors have three guys out, so they could technically apply for a disabled player's uh, exception uh, and maybe get oh, one yeah. of the, you know, older kind of vets that are out out there Um, some names that I was kind of looking at just people that have been free agents or free agents lately I didn't see anyone offensively that would be you know necessarily that great unless I don't know how he would fit but I I just personally want to see Jamal Crawford back in the NBA but I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying that the Raps should go get him but you know there were guys like you know Shumpert who just played with the Nets um, Marcin Gortat you know, as a is a big man with some offensive skill. You know, Kenneth Fareed who had played with the Nets for a little bit. I can't um,
1: believe he's not on a team, Fareed. Yeah, he yeah. I'm well actually last.
0: I'm really surprised about that too. Um, but you know, the Raps the Raps do have some some decent depth. I think Patrick McCaw played a little bit. You know, he's he's played pretty well this year. Ibaka. I think he'd hurt his ankle, but he had, had some recent I think he'd had like twenty back to back twenty point games. Um I think I think they will relatively hold the fort down. I do think they'll slip. I think they'll slip in the standings. I don't see Masai in the front office panicking. Um I think that they'll understand the long game here and I think that they'll, you know, hold on to assets. I don't think they'll do anything rash. Um and they and they know too that they're in the not like midst of a rebuild, but kind of like a recharge. Um, with you know maybe some of the older players that were a part of a of a previous really successful part of their franchise maybe on the way out um, and they'll and they'll look to retool and, and maybe like some you know uh, creative and smart ways but uh, I do think that they'll slip you know they'll get down there a bit but you know once those guys come back Nick Nurse is such a good coach I, I think they have a really good team that I I think they'll be fine for the most part. I think
1: he'll be fine for the most part, too. Uh, I was just going to say the same thing. I have a lot of trust. I know it was only one year, but I, based on what I've seen this year, too, I have a lot of trust in Nick Nurse. And his players really do seem to be buying in. And you mentioned their depth. They do have a lot of good players. OG Ananubi's good. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, a guy we didn't bring up, is good. Uh, I like Norm Powell. Uh, Van Vliet, I'm going to bring up Van Vliet again. I know they have a lot of guys who play a lot of minutes, uh, but yeah, you, I like Pat McCaw. I'm glad you brought up Pat McCaw. I do like him, but uh, yeah, look, the injury injuries are a killer. But they already take a lot of threes, uh, and they're the thing that's most impressive to me about them is they're seventh in the league in three point attempts, and they're fourth in the league in three point percentage. Wow. You don't see stuff like that. At all. No, yeah, that, that's like, true. So they, yeah, they take a lot of threes and they make a lot of threes. So I know uh, Siaka makes a bunch of them, but still the, you have Van Fleet has made 59. Powell's made 51. Lowry's made 48. OG's made 40. Davis has made 30. So they got a lot of guys who can shoot. And I hope they don't turn into like the Houston Rockets and just take 45 threes a night. But they are going to have to. You know, Kyle Lowry is going to have to play some of the best basketball of his career for them to go six and four, or seven and three over the next ten games, and I think he probably knows it.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I definitely agree with all of that. Yeah. Um, now, I think one thing that that we kind of wanted to switch a little bit on. I know, you know, we we have a holiday episode. You know, obviously families are getting together around this time, so I know. Me and you, when we were talking earlier, we wanted to do kind of like a holiday wish list, a Hoops Addicts Anonymous, first one, first annual, I guess, holiday wish list, things that we really want to see in the NBA. Um, and I know we were talking about, you know, just putting together, identifying three things that we really want to see um, this year as as we get into the heart of the NBA season, you know, even as we get, you know, a little bit closer into the All-Star selections and that talk when that when that starts to come out uh, so i'm going to start us off here with the first one and this one is a this is probably my top one for me a guy that i loved when you know i started researching a lot of the draft picks coming out um john morant man i i want this guy to be on national mm-hmm. tv i want him to be on national tv as, as much as possible uh this guy is a stud, a star in the making, extremely exciting to watch on, on TV. And, you know, I'm not even going to go into numbers. Like I, I literally just started watching, you know, advanced analytics tape on him on NBA.com, just going through game by game. And the way that this guy is so smooth and effortless to the rim, you know, he, he controls his body so well in the air. He avoids contact, but can also finish through contact. One thing that I saw in his game, that I haven't seen too many people compare or talk about yet, when he when he puts a layup off the glass, he's almost got this like Rondo type finish, where he can get it so high off, and the touch is so is so great that you know it, it, he he can make it. You know, it doesn't goes off high off the glass, but it doesn't like bounce off the front rim or anything like that. Um, he's also he's also got this like it's almost like a fadeaway floater. Where, whereas, you know, some guys that that use the floater, they will almost use both hands to control it, but then they finish with one hand. He's got this fadeaway floater where it's like he's palming the ball and just like flicks it up at the last second. Like the skill level that Ja has is just like insane for how young he is. And I just feel like any chance that anybody gets, if you're listening to the pod and you haven't had a chance to just... YouTube him or, or watch some of the clips from, from his games this year. Like you, you really need to. Like If you love watching the NBA, John Moran is a guy that you've got to just get your eyes on because the dude is like must-see TV, um, super exciting to watch. Um, Chip, what about you? For your holiday wish list, what's your, what's your number one go-to?
1: That's a really good one. Um, when you brought this one up, I wasn't really sure how to approach it. Um, but so I was thinking, and most of my holiday list would comprise of trades that I would like to see.
0: Hey, listen, that's and, all about it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And the first trade that came to mind, like right away was, I'd like to see Denver get drew holiday.
0: Oof, yeah. I think
1: it'd be, I think it'd be great to see like Denver with, uh, Drew Holiday, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. I think – I know we were talking about this before the we started recording uh, The C.J. McCollum, Drew Holiday swap was brought up, but I don't think either one of us agreed with splitting up C.J. and Dame, that uh, camaraderie, their chemistry there is too great to pass that up. But I think something that I hope I see is – Drew getting the hell out of that Pelicans mess there. Because mm-hmm. I think we all maybe overestimated their summer a little bit. Uh, and I like a lot of what I see. For, that Jackson Hayes kid is incredible. Yeah, uh, He's so fun to watch. And we all knew Nikhil Alexander-Walker was going to be good. Because nobody on NBA Twitter would shut up about how good he <laughs> was going to be. <laughs> and Brandon Ingram is... Contract year Brandon Ingram looks really good. Yes, He's going to he get spirit... Spears- He's going to get seriously paid by somebody. Yes. Probably underwhelmed on that contract. Yeah. So we'll see. And Josh Hart's a great defender. But just overall, overall, they've been a huge disappointment. And they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And Drew Holiday needs to go to a contender because he's built – he's in his prime. He's built to be an elite perimeter defender on an elite team. And if you put Drew Holiday on Denver – they go from maybe, I don't know if they're a contender, kind of, I don't know, to this is a contending team. As good as Gary Harris is, he's not Drew Holiday. And I mean, Jamal Murray and Drew Holiday, that goes to one of the best backcourts in the NBA. I I really like, and that also takes some of the uh, playmaking duties away from Nikola Jokic. He doesn't have to be the guy the whole game, because we know Jamal Murray make a play. his brothers, not exactly his specialty, but I, I really, so I like drew there and I just, I, you know, I was, I always like watching him. So I wanted to talk about him. And I was, so I was reading some of the other packages for him and none of them really made sense to me. And I, I saw like the bulls might be interested in him too. And you know, the Hawks trying to shake something up and obviously the, the, the Lakers, Targeting him too, and I don't know. I guess the Bulls are desperate to make the playoffs, so that might be interesting. Uh, but I, I don't know. I I just hope he ends up with Denver. Uh, I really do. I I'd like to see that team. I really would.
0: I think that's a I think that's a fantastic uh, spot for him. And listen, man, they say great minds think alike. So I I my number two holiday wish list item was I want the Denver Nuggets to make a trade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they they've okay. got they've got depth at the guard positions. Uh we talked about it on the last pod. Harris, Morris, uh a whole bunch of guys, uh, Beasley. And, you know, they're I think second or third in the West right now, but you don't get the feeling that, especially with how kind of underwhelming Jokic has been this year, that they can really that they could really compete with either the Lakers or the Clippers in a seven game series. So they they need more firepower. Like that's that's the bottom line. They just do. And, you know, you would like them to to take a little bit of a risk here and and make a move. I think Drew Holiday would be a, a great fit um not only for Jamal Murray, but for Jokic. Uh and and the guys defense is just like completely elite. Um and he is a really good player. I would love to see him get out of that situation and, and to be playing meaningful games in April and beyond. Uh so I'm I'm definitely with that um for sure. And my number thir- my number 3 uh option here for the wish list is a very simple one. Um but there's been a lot of jokes going back and forth about load management and what teams are are really you know, pushing the envelope here, and uh, there's been a lot made about, like, the, the non-specific timetable for Zion Williamson's return, but all jokes aside, man, I want Zion Williamson in the NBA, playing games, on TV, you know, I want to see this kid with Jackson Hayes, with Ingram, um, the Pelicans are a bad team, and I'm I'm not sure if it changed, uh, you might know better than me, but they were in the midst of a 12-game losing streak, like, Jesus Christ, man. I think like, they
1: won, didn't I? they? I think
0: they they won. They might have, they might have. But man, does that fan base need some excitement? Um obviously they were they were flying high after getting the number one pick and making the trade and, and some of their free agent signings. But just getting Zion back, seeing this guy play uh would be just, just awesome just for the NBA in general. Um, but he's 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 the dude that I, I wanna see and uh, this whole draft class has, I think, looked pretty decent for the most part. He wow. obviously headlined it. So uh, just want to see him back on the court and playing for sure.
1: Yeah. This is a great class, by the way. Great class. Yeah. Wow. They lost to the fucking Warriors yeah. last
0: night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Dude, that's talk about it. Talk about a way like, to end and enter the holiday season. Yeah. Like, oof.
1: That's, yeah, that's that. I mean, if Alvin Gentry didn't have a relationship with Griffin, I mean, would he have a job right now? Uh, I mean, we'd be talking talk about him getting
0: fired, right? I, dude, I I I really, I mean, if he's not on the hot seat, I don't know why why wouldn't he be? I mean, he's you know he's he's got a reputation as an offensive mind, and you might you might be able to talk yourself into well, when Zion gets back, you know things are going to get better. But I don't well, know. Well, their
1: man. offense is not the problem. They oh, score.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. They they can't guard a chair basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they give up a hundred to everybody. They give up hundred thirty to the Magic the other night. Yeah. I was watching some of that game. I was like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with this team?" Yeah, they like, oh God. And we forgot to bring up Lonzo Ball. He's—I know he, he's got benched and everything, but he's the other—he's the other trade guy I was going to bring up when I brought that the Pelican stuff. That it's going to be interesting to see where uh, third strike Lonzo Ball ends up. That's, that's true be because he's going to get traded, yeah, because he got benched, so he's, he's going to be traded, I assume. but you were right. by the way, the, the Pelicans lost 13 in a row oh, before they won. Wow, that's, that's crazy. yeah that's cra- It's crazy what teams get away with in other markets, isn't it? Imagine it is. if a coach lost 13 in a row in New York, It'd be the number one story on ESPN every single day. Yeah, it's crazy. But Alvin Gentry is the most beloved guy in the NBA and no one talks about it. No. Because he coaches true. in New Orleans. It's crazy. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't want to go down the anti Knicks ESPN rabbit hole. You can <laughs> pot on that. Um, my second one is about another trade one and it's about the uh, Portland Trailblazers, who are now, as of our recording this on uh, Sunday afternoon twenty second. Uh, Are the eighth seed in the West, which is not as strong as we thought it'd be. But I don't want to see the Blazers make a crazy trade. And by that I mean I don't want to see them do something like go and get Kevin Love, which I don't think they need to do. And I think they do need to make a move, but I'd rather see them go out and get Robert Covington because I think he makes more sense for them. They're starting Kent Bazemore right now, and Covington's a big upgrade over him. Uh, Bazemore's a good defender. Covington's a great one. Bazemore's a all right shooter. Covington's a great one. I I don't want Portland to, as a Carmelo Anthony fan, I want to see Portland succeed. So I don't want Portland to go out and get Love, and then have him. Play with Nurkic and then have him struggle defensively and have to come out of the game anyway. And then when they have traded Whiteside for Love, they don't have anybody to put next to Nurkic mm. because and they have to put in Collins, who's um, it's uh, I-, I don't know. I just I hope that teams realize that when it comes to Kevin Love, you're not getting the player you got two or three years ago. Mostly hope that. Blazers realize that, and they don't make this panic move. And like I said, they're in the eight seed now, so I I don't think they're going to do that. But I do hope they make the trade for Covington. Uh, and my third one, again, it's a uh, trade one and kind of goes into our next topic. It's that uh, I hope the Oklahoma City Thunder don't blow it up. Uh, a lot of people are talking about how they have so many tradable players and tradable contracts Not tradable contracts, but uh, they do have one tradable contract. They have Gallinari, and Gallinari is very tradable. He's on an expiring. Uh, And I'm actually looking at HoopSype right now, and it says that apparently the Hawks are interested in Steven Adams, which comes completely out of nowhere, in my opinion. But uh, it says Shams is reporting it, so I guess it's true. Hmm. Uh, But uh, I don't think that makes a lot of sense, but – I get The Hawks are terrible at center, I get that, but I don't really see how he impacts them at all because he's not really a guy who is a, a rebuild mode kind of player. He's more of a player on a contending team. But I, I hope that this OKC team sticks together. I like watching them. And I don't want Chris Paul to go to Miami because Miami already has a nice team. That's really good to watch, and I think Miami could do some damage the way they are now, and you add in Chris Paul there, and they have to change up everything around Chris Paul. I don't think that would make sense, and I don't think any other team would want to trade for Chris Paul at this point. Uh, And Steven Adams, I didn't really think he was too much in jeopardy of being traded. Now maybe he is. I don't know. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, I guess, is the other name. Uh, I think of, of the four guys, he would be the least impactful. But I, I just hope they don't blow it up. Cause they are uh, – I like watching them. I think most people like watching them. They're kind of the, the underdog team. No one expected them to be as good as they are. And uh, you uh, you wanted to talk about them too. So I, I was happy you wanted to talk about them. You want to introduce the next topic? I yeah, yeah. There.
0: No, no, no. It's fine. It, I, I mean um, I just – I. I looking up topics for, for the pod, uh, I'm looking you know, one of the things I'm always looking at is, is the last 10, you know, in terms of record for, for teams in the standings, I'm looking at OKC and I saw seven and three and they're the seventh seed in, in the West. And I think now it's even eight and two because I think they're, they're an even 500. I think they're 14 and 14, but the Oklahoma city thunder, man, like, you know, I, I just, um, I think for for me, how I want to start this is just doing a a quick public apology to Billy Donovan like
1: <laughs> you I, I was that, yeah.
0: I was not you know i didn't I didn't I never slandered I never killed the guy, but as a mellow fan, a mellow defender, when Mellow was getting killed with the thunder, you know uh, there was a lot of people throwing blame either at Donovan or Mellow. I was probably a guy that was throwing more blame at Donovan. You know, I didn't like a lot of his plays out of timeout. I thought, you know, it was very heavy isolation, um not a lot of ball movement, but listen, got to put some respect on Billy Donovan's name, the guy I think has done a great job coaching this team this year. Um and I think if you you make a small tie to the Knicks here a little bit, if you look at the roster, right? You know, there's the Knicks received a lot of criticism for having a team that supposedly in-player development, rebuild stage, but they they signed a lot of vets in the offseason, right? But the Thunder, you know, I think they, they are finding a nice healthy medium between having these vets that are being productive and playing well uh, and still developing, you know, young guys, obviously, um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander averaging 18 a game, looking pretty good. Uh, the Thunder just—they look like a really solid team right now. And obviously, listen, their 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 vets are better than the Knicks' vets. I mean, Chris Paul, even as an older player, is still one of the smartest wow, players in Chris the NBA. Wow, Chris
1: Stephen Adams.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and the <laughs> thing is, Chris Paul—the thing—the thing that I mean—it was very clear before, but you know, okay, so his teams may not win the big game, but they don't lose. You know, because of the the type of leader he is, the way that he plays. Um, I just think that, like you said, they're very fun to watch. They're right in the middle of the league, 15th in offensive rating, 13th in defensive rating. Um, you know, in the West too, man. You know, that's the other part of this. They're in the West and they're the seventh seed. So I think for teams that were expected to to make the jump, like the Sacramento Kings, um, maybe some other guys, the Thunder really took that spot. And, uh, you know, so I just, just wanted to talk about them briefly just to give them a little respect, but specifically Billy Donovan, who I think... Um, has had a nice bit of good publicity probably this season although i haven't had too much haven't heard too much national talk about him, but he should probably be getting more with the way that he's gotten his team to play what do you uh I know you spoke a little bit about them before, but anything else that you kind of wanted to add on them
1: something uh something else I wanted to say about chris Paul he's actually got a career low in usage percentage too, wow. which is really impressive to me he's played uh, unselfish that's which has always been a knock on him. He's been a great passer and playmaker, obviously, but there's always been a knock that he dribbles a little bit too much. And So the fact that he has a career low on usage, when he's not even on like a championship caliber team, because if he, maybe he really, you know, I don't know if you saw the video where he uh, he bought all of his teammates' suits, and he, <laughs> even Steven, Steven Adams was wearing a suit. It was really funny. I didn't see that. But I got to you know, check it, that out. Yeah, you should look it up. It, it looks like he's really bonding with this team. Okay. Like, it looked like it was going to be, at the beginning of the year, it looked like he was going to be traded on December 16th. Right. But, you know, I think the Thunder realized really quickly, like, they have too many good players on this team, to <laughs> tank. Right. You know, Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, they got too many good players. And Chris Paul's played fantastic. He's shooting 75% at the rim, 50% on mid-range shots, and 39% on threes. That's crazy. And 43% on non-corner threes. Crazy, crazy, crazy freaking numbers. And he's playing better than he did last year. And people didn't look up the numbers, but he was actually still an elite player in Houston last year when James wasn't on court with him. (laughs) which is pretty telling uh, of their relationship. But uh, no matter what Daryl Morey says, those guys did not get along. It's pretty clear on or off the court. But yeah, Chris Paul is good at basketball still. Not really a surprise. (laughs) If he wasn't on on that awful contract, he'd be on another team right now probably. But I think it's worth, I brought this up with you before, the the three-point guard lineup that they have where it's Paul, Schroeder, and SGA all on the court at the same time is plus thirty-one point four points for one hundred possessions. And they score a hundred and thirty two points per one hundred possessions. That's insane numbers right there. And obviously it helps that SGA has a crazy wingspan and he's like six six or whatever. But my God, man, that's Three point guards on the court. Those three point guards on the court at the same time. Obviously, Chris Ball dominate can dominate any lineup, but wow, that's and that's a hundred through hundred and seventy-eight possessions through thirty games of the year. That's not a small sample size anymore. So that three point guard lineup is carrying them. And as a Knicks fan, it makes me consider how the Knicks should maybe play at least two of their point guards on the court at the same time. I don't know. We'll talk about that on Nick's state of mind, maybe. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's look. I'm not surprised that the Thunder are playing better than the uh, than one of the five worst teams in the NBA because they have too many good players not to. But like I said, I hope they don't break it up. And I look, I like watching them. They're fun, they're fun to watch and. Look, I, I think eventually Chris Paul is going to get traded, which is unfortunate, but because he's playing so well, some team's going to be like, "Man, we should trade for Chris Paul." <laughs> Even look how good he's playing. But uh, look, it, it's it's going to be a fun thing. Will it last? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, man. I just uh, it's it's good to see teams like this. You know what? When, when uh, they're not just packed with. Uh, big twos and big threes and all that and it's just like kind of a motley crew of guys put together who are a lot of good players and you know they got the a leader at the helm and a guy who's been criticized for his leadership and maybe looks like he's matured a little bit and yeah they're a good team and I'm glad you brought up the the uh stats over the last uh 10 uh, the last 10 games too because I was looking at Clean the glass and the stats over the last two weeks, and OKC is actually fourth in points differential over the last two weeks and fifth in defense. So they've been they've been great recently, and as long as they keep those guys together, I think they can make a run at the eight seed. And based on the support those fans show the franchise, i I think they should try and keep it together as a playoff team for as long as they possibly can. And by that, I mean until Chris Paul comes into Sam Presti's office, like Paul George says, and says, trade me now. So, and that'll officially be when they have to tank, when Chris Paul is gone.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be exactly the, the kind of um, the order of events. And I'll, I'll say this, I, you know, I, I agree with you that I think he does get traded most likely. But let's just say he doesn't. I mean, even if you're a better team in the West you don't really want to play a chris paul led team in the playoffs no. like like no. you you don't because the guy is a pit bull and you know that team is going to be ready to play they're playing with house money nobody thought they'd be good this year and there's going to be no pressure and you know something you just brought up the energy in that building man chesapeake arena like they, they get loud for their team you know they support their squad for sure and uh, you know, if I'm an opposing team, that it's not a matchup that I'm I'm looking forward to at all. Um, you know, but but listen, man, I, I, the NBA is fun as hell. You know, and I, I, as you were talking about Chris Paul, I, I almost wanted to make that like tongue in cheek the title of this episode. Surprise, surprise! Chris Paul is still really good at basketball. You know what I mean? Like yes. people were people were <laughs> down people were down on him, but I mean, the guy is is a first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason. Absolutely, um, but you know, like I said, the, the there's never a shortage of storylines with the NBA as as we get into things. Um, Was super pumped to try and do a holiday edition before we kind of break. You know, do our own things with our with our you know respective families and stuff like that. Uh, before we kind of break and and head off, one thing I just wanted to kind of throw out there and see is what what's one thing you're looking forward to during this holiday break? It could be Sports NBA related. It could be personal or whatever. Um, you know, just what what's one thing you're looking forward to?
1: Sports NBA the holiday break. Wow, I don't. That's a good question. I, don't, I haven't even. I guess right. I just watched. Uh, what's the guy? I just watched the first episode of that Netflix show, The Witcher.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to watching all of that. I want to watch all just off the top of my head, I want to watch that show and I want to, cause I got league pass now so I can watch all the old, like games from the past, from this past season. I want to watch a lot of the older games that I've missed, like from other teams. Yeah. Like from, from like the teams that we don't get to see a lot of, like, you know, like the Phoenix teams, I'd like to see more of Devin Booker. Um, I obviously watch a lot of uh, – everybody watches a lot of Milwaukee and L.A. and stuff like that, but I'm trying to think who are some other teams. I'd like to see more of, I guess, Detroit too. I'd like to see some Derrick Rose. Yeah. Uh, just just teams that we don't see a lot. i like to see even Golden State. I haven't seen a lot of d Love. I, I like watching d But I don't know. What about you?
0: Um, yeah, I, dude, Netflix is always, I'm always trying to find new stuff on there, so at your yeah. recommendation, I'm, I'm definitely going to check out The Witcher, because I saw that yeah, come up. I like I saw it come up there, and it was something that I was like, you know what, let me, you know, maybe, let me give that a try. Um, also, you know, I, I'm hoping I can get some time to check out the new Star Wars movie. Um, oh, I watched it. You should. Okay, yeah. alright, alright, good. <laughs> yeah. Because I, you know, our boy Colin, I don't think he was too high on it, uh, so yeah, I was... Yeah, well his opinion that <laughs> Dude, i i we So we need to get him on the pod because i think just you and him in general it's just it's 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 just awesome chemistry for a lot of different reasons so uh well we, at some point we'll need to schedule a pod where the two of you guys just talk orlando magic and or maybe uh kyle lowry for for like an hour straight <laughs> Um, but that'd yeah. That'd be
1: good. That'd be that'd be good, radio.
0: It would be. It would. Uh so I think yeah, you know, checking some stuff out, just getting some rest, just doing some some shit for me, trying to get back in the gym a little bit more, spend time with family. Uh we're both off until January 2nd, so yeah. um listen man, until then and en- enjoy your holiday season, happy new year and looking forward to the next Hoops Addicts Anonymous. Uh, podcasts in 2020 and who knows maybe we'll have a guest on we'll see
1: yeah sounds good maybe even Colin
0: yes yes absolutely <laughs> yeah. all right man have a good one you too